All right, Fuzz Club. Today we're talking about Isis, the band, and their 2004 <laughs> album Panopticon. Uh, we can talk about the other Isis if you want. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, I would love to talk about at least geopolitics. <laughs> So uh, before we get rolling, um, we can do some intros. I also wanted to mention uh, Bleg Coffee. Um, we have a partnership going with them. So if anyone wants coffee from BlegCoffee.com, you can use the, the code FUZZ15 and get 15% off. And uh, it's great stuff. I had some. So uh, Blake, you're next. Uh, that I need more coffee, actually. Um, Blake from Iwas. Um, Eddie from Lodge of the Opium Church and the Endless. I'm Pat from Monster Riff. I'm Chris from Ox, but also Novadol. I did some guitar with Novadol. Check that out. I saw that they have a new single out. Uh, two singles now, I think. I like that uh, that first one a lot. That was awesome. Yeah, it's cool, cool stuff. Yeah. Bucky? I'm uh, Bucky, Doom Sharks ripple effect right on so we're talking about panopticon from isis came out in 2004 um it's their third album i believe i think so yeah so i i must admit that of all the albums we've talked about this one might be my least favorite oh thank goodness (laughs) 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 but i suppose it deserves uh talking about nonetheless so uh Anyone want to provide a, a, a quick counterpoint to it being my least favorite album that we've talked about so far? So I feel like I can guess a lot of the reasons you don't like it. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Okay. Let 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 let's start with that one. Let's see if <laughs> let's, let's see if I can can arrive somewhere. Songs are too fucking long for you. They're unnecessarily long. They're unnecessarily long. Yeah. So ultimately, they're too long for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the songs oftentimes don't seem to go anywhere and have a point. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You're just wrong. Uh, <laughs> There's also a, a lot of like mostly instrumental moments, which is the, the third thing that I don't usually care for, but this was all of those things into one album, which was cool. And, and the, the vocals, the, when they do kick in they're they're gorgeous, right? Like they, you really like the vocals? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Randy's like, oh, this is my favorite vocal record we've done. Oh god. I mean, the dude does have like a couple different voices, you know. Like it yeah. wasn't all just one thing. Um, I think there's only one official instrumental track, right? I mean, some of the other tracks have at least some words at some point somewhere, <laughs> but even even the ones that had vocals in them, it was like eight minutes of meandering whatever and then he'd be like he'd growl something and then the song would be over yeah it's usually just like a couple stanzas and that's about it yeah i would argue that it's you could almost consider this instrumental music yeah the vocals are an instrument because you can't really you don't know what he's saying i read something in general it's it's almost just like an instrument (laughs) yeah and i I read that that's kind of by design i mean i think that they wanted to keep like you know lyrical content kind of out of it in a way um, so I think that I would categorize it as an instrument as well. Yeah, I think that's what draws me to this album is that the, it's mostly musically driven and the vocals just add another instrument, like add more layers to it instead of like overpowering all the music all the time. Yeah. Like the song, I think uh, Syndic Calls um, was like almost a 10 minute song. And it was a lot of like just the same thing over and over and i'm like i what where is this going what's happening and if it was like really interesting really cool instrumental music i i i would at least give them that but it was just the same thing over and over until like the last 30 seconds and then i was like oh here we go this is cool and then it was over immediately it was like 30 seconds <laughs> and the song was over and i'm just like why what just happened yeah i think there's a line that some musicians are more willing to cross than others um and namely that's whether music should be like a true form of artistic expression and how much music should be listenable you know 
Um, so these songs aren't really following your um, your catchy template per se. Uh, although I would say that in fiction is pretty fucking catchy. There, there are definitely moments. Yeah. Of like, uh, like, like, I think what ISIS was trying to do was to really make a a a sonic artifact of sorts that not only was very personal to them, but leaves a lot of room for the listener to take it in and decide what it's supposed to be to them. So, you know, each of the albums has a general theme that they ever did, you know? Um, this one, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, is, I, I forget the, the theorist's name, but he created the Panopticon, which was, what a uh, Jeremy Bentham, um, the like, essentially what jails are based off of, like one yeah. guard that can constantly be surveillance. So the entire album is about surveillance and feeling claustrophobic. Um, and I think you're supposed to feel some of that when you're when you're listening to it. You know, yeah. so it's thematic as opposed to 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 giving you all the the elements. They're saying, hey, here are the elements. Do with them what you will. We can go into the theme a little bit before we start talking about, you know, the music itself again. I wanted to bring that up at some point. It says that the focus is on the proliferation of surveillance technologies in a modern society and the government's role in that. And it also kind of went into like, it's not supposed to be a political statement. It's not about like one way or the other, how they feel about it or anything. It's just about that. And the, the reason that Panopticon is, it's called Panopticon is it's, like you said, the jail design of where like one person can kind of see everything and it was like adapted and, and the word panopticon has kind of been applied into other things since that prison design. But mm -hmm. the general idea of the album was like that surveillance technology and, and all that kind of stuff in the modern world. So I thought that was interesting. I liked the concept and I liked that it wasn't so on the nose. It was called panopticon and then learning about who designed that and why and like how it's been applied. And so I thought that was really interesting. I don't, I don't know how, you know, a whole bunch of instrumental music uh, applies to uh, an idea like that necessarily, but. <laughs> Did anyone uh, read the lyrics? I know his vocals are like hard to understand, but the, the vocals are, are quite uh, brutal and beautiful at the same time. They're, um... No, I didn't. Do you have any? Do you have any up? Uh, I can pull them up. So, so Did We was, was pretty cool. Uh, I'll pull it up. I actually did like So Did We. That's the opening track. Yeah. I Oh, so yeah, that was good. the I'll, I'll just read off. So did we, cause it's only seven lines. Our skin worn thin, <laughs> our bones exposed, life reduced to ticks from forest caves in azure skies. We crashed upon this earth. The years they passed and so did we, but resistance would be brought. And that's, that's all, that's all I wrote, but um, super brutal, really primal. Really cool. Yeah. Primal. That's a good word for the band in general. They're very primal kind of, in throughout their whole discography yeah speaking about the about lyrics I, I was watching an interview with aaron turner and he usually waits for half of the music to be written before he can come up with some like solid like, lyrical ideas so he just builds off what the music gives him and, and then he delivers the lyrics after hmm. yeah it was interesting reading about the lyrics because like i said they it, it they didn't want the lyrics to to be i guess like the focal point they wanted the the vocals to be an instrument and not to be a political statement or anything but mm -hmm. they clearly wrote them with intention and and when, once you read them you know it, it it means something yes so it was based on more more social issues and how they pertain to politics like this is the they're not a political band but this album was the, the most politically related i guess yeah, I mean, it's almost like sociology versus poli-sci or something like that, you know? Like, you're talking about a lot of the same stuff, but you're talking about it in a different way. Like, you're not trying to convince people of something, per se. You're just discussing it. I, I was just looking at uh, their Wikipedia page, which has a lot of information about this album. Uh, while making an album, it also is music first for us and the lyrics second. Writing for Decibel, Andrew uh, Bonazelli noted that although only 30% of the lyrics were understandable, they were extremely thoughtful. <laughs> I don't know how we got 30% exactly, precisely, but I thought that was pretty good. 
I don't know. I mean, I guess I don't cling as much to needing my lyrics in the music I listen to to be like super intelligible. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's actually kind of funny that we're even bringing it up because I mean, listening to like metal, death metal, black metal for so long, like, it, of course you don't understand the lyrics. Like, that's just a given, you know? It's yeah. funny that we finally brought that up on episode what, like 24 or some shit? <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, even in, you know, there's a lot of doom that I'm like, I don't know what he's saying. Yeah. yeah. It's the, the heavy, the heavy genre in general, the lyrics, like, I don't really care. Like, if you know what they say, it's cool sometimes, but it's not really what it's about in the, in the big picture. But other genres, like I listen to a lot of other stuff where it's, it's almost 90%. The lyrics are what makes the song. They're telling stories Sure. It's it's like a story tale, but not in this type of music. Like not with ISIS. It's it's the instruments. It's the vibe. It's the feel, like the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it, I I personally I know Ryan. You said it was your least favorite. It's I don't. I probably haven't listened to this band in well over ten years. Like it's been ten to fifteen years since I like was really into ISIS, like mid two thousands, I'd say like 2008, nine is when I discovered them and went down that rabbit hole. But it's funny you say that Bucky, cause I've been ignoring them for that exact same amount of time. And this <laughs> yeah. is the first time I've gotten into them. Well, it was, it was, I think like these guys were like the, the job, like the post metal era, these guys were Kings. Mm-hmm. They were like some of the quintessential like guys in the in the post metal scene. I mean, there's other bands, and we <clears> talked <throat> offline like like Pelican, ISIS, Russian Circles, and a lot of these bands. It, it was a bigger thing, I feel, back in the mid 2000s than it might be today. Has Russian but, Circles been around that long? Yeah, probably yeah. mid 2000s it no was back when they started yeah. okay wow so, i think their first record might have been 2007 wow mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm like bucky i was really into post rock actually like around 2000 to about 2007 8 yeah those constellation bands you know godspeed you black emperor and you know that like mogwai i was heavy into all that stuff mm-hmm. i kind of phased out probably in like 2008 2009 ish and got into like more of the stuff we're listening to now like the or the fuzz rock and the proto doom and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um which i've been into before all the post rock stuff but when i put on this isis album for the first time last night in my in my life uh, i really noticed a lot of that post rock sound with that kind mm-hmm. of textured wash of guitars and like this big huge movements rather than there's not a lot of riffs or grooves it's more mm-hmm. big textures which really made me think of of modern art. It, it makes me think of like color field paintings or like abstract expressionist kind of stuff where- It's like a Rothko painting. It's a very Rothko-esque, absolutely. Where it's a big washes of, of color, big like slabs of something. And it's not so much about being entertained by the music as kind of you look at it or listen to it or you know inhale it, whatever you do. And then your brain does the work. So it's a bit of, it takes a bit of work on the listener's part, but it's not entertaining music. It's not like you're going to go dance and, you know, <laughs> it's not really stoner rock in that, like, well, I guess you could get high and listen to it or not, but it's not like groovy Fu Manchu stoner rock. No, it's, definitely not that. But I think that being high for this would probably help. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's, it's not the flavor that I've been into for the last 10, 15 years like Bucky, but I do I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, uh, I'm more into grooves these days. I, I saw someone describe it as like the band right in the middle of like My Bloody Valentine and Slayer. It's like the the band in the in the middle of those. Two I things. love both those bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, for me, I found this this band right around the same time. You know, like oh eight oh nine. Um, I was in high school, and uh, I was just like I, I listened to Panopticon over and over again. And then my first, uh, one of my first roommates was like, have you heard this band ISIS? And I was like, yeah, I've heard this band ISIS. 
uh, you know, and it's just been kind of this through line album that's popped up in my life at just random points where I'll just be like, okay, yeah, let's listen to this. Um, but, but I think, yeah, you do have to be in a certain kind of, um, state of mind to really get into it. Like you don't really want to like go lift weights to it. Uh, yeah, it's not exactly conducive. Um, you know, you know, it's, it, I don't want to call it background music, but it's stuff like if you're just really trying to kind of sort through things in your life, you put on ISIS and you have kind of a sonic landscape to drift on. It, it's this, funny. Uh, Go ahead. Oh, I was, I was going to say the, the, my drive home from work to come get here just today, I was listening to this album and it was we've had these major thunderstorms and those just lightning and just downpouring rain on the freeway, like super dark and murky. And this album was playing. It was like the perfect time to have this album. I mean, it was almost spooky in a way listening to it and like, what's going to happen. Are we, is this the end of the world type feel? Like it was, it was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah post rock has that, that feeling to me. That's the one thing that there's the through line through all of post rock is, it's the sound of like post-apocalypse to me. Mm -hmm. For sure. Eddie, were you going to say something? No, I was going to say it's, it's really good driving music. I think the first time I heard this band was like 2005 or six. I was in another band here called Gate and we were on a Western Canada tour in the van and they were already influenced by this band and we were like a like post-metal band at the time. And I haven't really listened to them like much in between then and now, but we're still, those guys are still influenced by them. Two of those guys are in this band, the animals right now. So ISIS is, is broken up though. Yeah. Right. At some point they, officially... ISIS. I think yeah, ISIS. So, yeah. 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 They sometimes reunite for like a, a couple one-off shows or something like that. Okay. But yeah. yeah it's... Some of the bands that we've talked about on here and I, I don't know all of them off the top of my head, but like Mesa or something is like one of those albums that we talked about being like, it. you have to be in the right state of mind to listen to. It's like this music that you put on and, and you like lose yourself in it and you like vibe out to it or whatever. And like some of those same statements can be applied here, but I feel like it's it's a totally different experience. Like it's not like this like symphony of, of sounds that kind of start here and go here and go down there and finish over here. Whereas like this, it, it has a very different feel to it. And I don't know if that's the difference between like instrumental type of doom music and like post metal. And that's the difference of like what's creating that. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe this that same way necessarily. I wouldn't say like, boy, you, you just got to sit back and, and watch it go from here to here and here and here. Like I, I, I wouldn't describe it kind of how we've described some of those other bands that are artsier or more instrumental or longer or any of that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? You know what I mean by that? Yeah, I mean how how I think of post metal is when you get a bunch of hardcore kids who started listening to drone metal, and you know really thinking about that kind of stuff. So it was it was the the kids who kind of slowed down a little bit uh, that that picked up bigger amps and were like. Do something kind of like that. Yeah, I think that that's a good uh, a good statement. I, I could totally totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, one of the songs that I hated the most. <laughs> was... <laughs> uh, Altered course. I it was it's an instrumental track. Um, it's the longest track. It was it was so fucking boring to me, and it went nowhere in my opinion but as i was reading some stuff about this album and this band of course altered course itself came up many times altered course was described as one of the most emotionally engaging rock songs <laughs> in over a decade is what one person said and good god i could not disagree more but <laughs> anyone have any thoughts on Altered course uh, specifically. Anyone want to care to explain that fucking song to me and why it's so emotionally charged or whatever the fuck that person said? Somebody sell me because I'm not with you. I'm with I'm with Ryan. I'm not with you. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like I I've been listening to this record all all week 
and literally like it's just there were a couple of days i just had it playing all day and what i i think is most striking about this record in ultra course and a lot of the songs is there is enough movement that every time i replayed the record it still felt fresh like there's just so much going on even in through the course of one song and granted we're listening nine minutes at a, at a time mm-hmm. um that there are so many different movements and there's so much to take in and i think that's part of the beauty of, of altered course as well is there's you can kind of start off at point a and the, i I don't know if if we're giving it enough credit because there are multiple movements and multiple different emotional high points that we hit where it eventually does crescendo and then calm down a little bit. I don't know if that's a, I'm going to sell you Randy, but I I really dug this album. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to. There were, like I said, there were definitely moments that I was, I liked for sure. Uh, That first track. So did we, I liked the last 30 seconds of syndic calls. I liked a lot. (laughs) But uh, but Altered Chorus was not one of them. I, that song, I, I was like, man, I really don't like the song. And then as I was reading through stuff, it was just praise all around for that one song specifically. And I was like, holy shit, I'm, I'm, I'm way off here or I'm missing, missing something. I don't know. So I, I think Pat's kind of hitting it, <clears throat> hit the, hitting the nail on the, the head, especially with Altered Chorus in terms of the way that as you continue to listen to even a song like altered course that might seem rather repetitive um there are so many small changes happening throughout um not only in terms of what they're playing but what they're trying to get you to think about you know um and so i think there there's there's a beauty in that simplicity that really i i find very interesting yeah i'm saying like a, I respect how long they're willing to go on a riff and let each phrase build off the, the last one. They don't really care about like, well, we got to switch it now because we did, we did this for too long. They'll just keep building, building until they feel like it's ready to climax and then go on to the, the next part. And the next part could be like a different time signature or a different pattern or something, but it still flows together. Yeah, I, I, I noticed throughout most of the songs there were there were like several elements of climax, like even throughout a single song, like, like Eddie yeah. mentioned it. Oh, is it that Denver air? What's going on? <laughs> Not even out in the mountains this time. <laughs> uh, interesting fact about that song is uh, Justin Chancellor from Tool plays a bass on it, apparently. Oh, oh there's Bucky. He's moving. Yeah, I, I must have died there. Like, you guys, the screens all went black. I was talking, and then I came back. Yeah, it's pretty funny to watch. <laughs> I was even going to say, the bass sounds like a Tool bass at some parts. I didn't know he played on there. Tool got brought up a few times in the stuff I was reading, and, and I believe a, a, a number of members of Tool appeared on Isis albums over the years or something. Yeah, and, like, Justin Broderick from Godflesh, I think, was on the first album. Um, they, you know, they... I don't think it's necessarily like a hardcore wheel. Only this group of guys makes this album. I think they kind of bring in their friends pretty frequently. Is it is it like Queens where there's just like one person or like has like a small core? Or is it just like a rotating cast, like um, like a little bit like Greenleaf or something like that? I think that depends on who you ask. Like for me, I, when I think of ISIS, I think of Aaron Turner. Um, and I think a lot of people probably would if if you asked them like when who do you think of when you think of ISIS, they would probably say Aaron Turner, um, who's just a prolific musician. And I I I love Aaron Turner. I think he's fantastic. Um, you know, he's done Old Man Gloom, and I don't know whether it's pronounced Sumac or Sumac. I've heard it both ways, but. Um, but I don't. I, I think it's been pretty consistently the same kind of core uh, their entire time they were around. It's a little late in the episode, but I do have the video for In Fiction. If anyone wants to uh, wants me to play that, maybe some people listening could get a idea of what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, this was their first music video ever. I think. Um, I don't think they had any music videos prior to this. Is the way I understood it. It's very early 2000s, which I, I also found 
kind of funny and, and wanted to share. Uh, it's late 90s, early 2000s-esque music video. So uh, anyway, I'll, I'll play that one. This uh, They said that wasn't officially a single, but it was their first music video either way. So anyway, you can check it out. Maybe. Is that enough for everybody? I could watch hours of it. <laughs> so, like I said, very uh, early 2000s type of music video with all the kind of like the jump shots of everyone and the color and everything like that. I thought that was kind of interesting and uh, definitely applies to that same concept that they were going for of like surveillance and, and all that kind of stuff. So, interesting. One thing I kind of noticed in listening to that over again was the drums. I don't know if anyone like noticed the drums throughout this album, but like I don't, I don't know that I would normally like call something out like that specifically, or even necessarily notice drumming necessarily. But I think the drums I noticed throughout this album a little bit. They were they were certainly kind of a raw sound, like like a simple drumming. Like I I, I was listening to the drums just now on that video. I yeah. I picked up on them quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, that snare pattern. I was playing it on Randy's leg the whole time, actually. <laughs> that <laughs> kind of that, exotic, because right? it's so repetitive. It's so like cyclical. Yeah. One person might say boring. One person might say it's, I know. it's a trance-like. Uh, I appreciate talent. They're super talented. There's a lot going on in there. Does absolutely nothing for I me. I don't. I don't need to be entertained. Hundred. Here. Yeah, I know. Hours a day. <laughs> also, I mean, that song had quite a bit of vocals uh, as far as this album goes. Um, more melodic than uh, than the rest of that album. Yeah. yeah. That was certainly the most memorable song from like when I first 
heard these guys back in the day. Like when I fired this album back up this week, I was listening to the album and I, it was almost like listening to it for the first time again until that song came on. I was like, oh yeah, I totally remember listening to this one like 15 years ago. Like the intro, like the, how it starts out real slow. And then it, like in that video, it just really hammers down on the, the riffs there for that little sequence. And it was, I don't know that it's my favorite on the album, but it was the most memorable one for mm -hmm. sure. I think it helps too. Like when I was playing it in my garage last night, I had it pretty loud. And it's, it's kind of one of those albums where you want to be hit with all yeah. the frequencies on, in your body. Yeah. You know, it's not good enough to just play it on your phone or something or have a quiet. You really want to feel all the frequencies, I find. For like sure. Eddie said, dry, it's great driving music yeah. where you can just turn it up and don't hear anything else. Yeah, yeah. I, I did try to listen to it kind of passively as I was like driving my kids around and it, it's not for that. And then I, I had it on in my garage on like this tiny little speaker and it's it's not for that. And then I turned it on today in my office that has like a, a bigger stereo system and it sounded just i was like a, i was listening to a completely different album and like you, you have a different uh like appreciation for it for sure wouldn't it be cool if one of your kids was like hey can you put that back on or really uh... put, put that isis back on yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's I, it, that's a rare thing man my my kids have listened to nothing but all of this music that we in this scene since yeah. they were kids and they it, i don't know that it's like their minds aren't ready for this yeah. type of music. They, they are attracted to the jingles, the, the yeah. commercial jingles. It's like human nature. Yeah. And that's why we're kind of in the underground. I think it's not the average normal, like, yeah. I think they've got some, some, want uh, to hear. some other doors have been opened in inside of our brains, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah really I'm not mature enough for this at all. <laughs> Uh, I also wanted to point out that Decibel ranked it as the 33rd best metal album of the decade when this came out. Wow. Do they call it metal? Is this metal, guys? Post-metal. Post-metal. Well, it, it, whatever the list was, it was like the 100 best metal albums of the year, or the decade, sorry, the decade. Um, and this was number 33. So, yeah, it was, uh, it, it was lumped into to metal for that list, at least. But There's probably a lot of new metal in that list. I would describe post four. I mean, I I'm I'm guaranteeing there's a lot of new metal in there. Yeah. I, I don't know like much about post metal to be honest, but post rock, I always say to people, it's like it's uh, rock instruments, but with no rock structure. The structure thrown out the window, and, and it can you can get whatever <clears throat> unexpected. Uh, yeah, just change rock. Like instead of saying rock, what you say instead is metal, yeah. and then it's post metal. It's, it's the same and, thing. Metal amps, metal pedals. Metal I, I would say I would say ISIS is the definition, like the post metal by the book. Like they invented it almost. Like they're like the godfathers of post metal, in, to a degree. Like because it didn't. I don't know. Like post metal wasn't really a thing till early two thousands, right? Like I, I don't know that I would say that they necessarily in invented it yeah but but i would say that they kind of defined the sound yeah like they when you think post-metal a lot of folks are gonna they'll lump isis into the top five bands that come to mind throughout that decade like the last 20 years or so if not first i mean they, yeah. they they're just kind of i would be first on mine yeah so, yeah you know, it's, it's just a different genre. Mm -hmm. And like post-rock, like you mentioned, um, I was really into the post-rock at the same time yep. as post-metal. Post like, and ISIS was my entry point into this style, and I'd never heard anything like it. So that's kind of why it really connected with it back in like the late, mid to late 2000s. It, I'd never heard anything like it, and it was, it was awesome. And then I... And then I moved on and I haven't listened to it in 15 years. And it's not something I would listen to as much today it's as I did back listen. then. It's, it's a heavy listen. Like in that you might go into it feeling happy and you leave kind of feeling heavy, I find. Like mm. you, 
feel a bit depressed or uh, introspective or something. Yeah, but I mean, I like that. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah. Like, I, I don't really think of, when I listen to music, I'm not going into it being like, you know what I'd love to do? Feel better. That Yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I have enough depression and shit in my life that I, I actually look for music to help me out of it a yeah, little. Follow. <laughs> that, that, that's what, it, what it's for. Yeah. If if I'm like really drunk and I turn on stuff like I'll get a lot more emotional like start getting super like yeah fucked it like like this this I don't like like you said Blake most of the time I don't listen to like change my mood I'm looking just to like it's almost neutral it's just I listen and I don't know I'm not I'm not trying to do therapy or anything it's trying to find I'm, I'm mostly usually i'm trying to find that next first feeling like that's why i'm like always looking for the new i want new music new music i rarely repeat listen stuff it's like trying to find that first time feeling that that's first the best time high. and that's that's what i'm in search of when i listen to music all yeah. right lucky i have a, a suggestion for you then if you want to come visit me come try zumba Oh, that gives you a first time feels like you never knew it could happen and you did I think, I think we should all chip in for a plane ticket to fly Bucky up there just to get a video of him doing Zumba just for Zumba yeah. it's just like a, you just do you do a red eye to get there you know a red eye to get back you spend a few hours like, Randy and Bucky do Zumba yeah <laughs> you could do it to uh, Isis Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's about when Zumba came out too. Was Zumba. ISIS era. After Zumba, you listen to ISIS to cry. I think my wife's friends were all into Zumba for a while. I remember. I gotta, I gotta yeah. get up on my moves. I'm gonna be in Mexico soon. I, so, yeah. That's not that's not what I envision when I'm thinking of that first time feeling. <laughs> <laughs> So. Happy slappy fun time is so I think that's the problem with me is my my actual soul and inside just at the moment I hear that stuff even though it could be like the most talented people on earth and they're doing the most cool things that wash it's like a dark curtain that comes over and I'm just like well now I'm sad it's all heavy <laughs> everything's sad so just want to put on my unicorn horns and go dance around somewhere so this is where me and Isis can't be friends. And I appreciate everybody who loves Isis. And I appreciate all of the things that are technically amazing. But I'm going to be over there with a glitter suit on somewhere doing something I shouldn't be. It's funny because <laughs> I was talking to someone about what makes music psychedelic. And to me, a band like Isis could be considered psychedelic. Because Agree. it's got those textures that are, I don't know, they take you somewhere. They open up mm -hmm. a portal in your head. It might not be... The psychedelic she's talking about wanting to do, you know, jump around like a unicorn <laughs> and, and hear some really kind of interesting bells and whistles. But it's a it's a heavy psychedelic, like my buddy Valentine or something would be, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like all you. There are so many almost imperceptible things in the music that you actually have to be like actively trying to hear all of the textures at once. See, just to push back on that just a tad, I, there was, there's, been, there's been plenty of albums that we've listened to that were full of texture and instrumental nine-minute spans that I could agree with you on that, where you go, you sit, and you absorb it, and you just like feel like where they're taking you. There was a lot of moments in this album that I did not feel that. I was like, I, this is not it. This is not doing that. Uh, there was moments that I liked. There was moments that I didn't, but... Woo. There's been a lot of bands that we listen to on here even that I could say that for, where you just sit and like, it takes you places. I, this this was like one place and it just stays there for like the next nine minutes. And I was like, come on, go go somewhere, anywhere, anywhere would be great. <laughs> See, I, 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 I disagree because it took, I when I listened, it was like, it was going all over the place, but in a subtle way, like, yeah. like it it was just building and then it would like crash and then it would come back up and then it would just hammer these like one minute section of just pure heaviness. And then it, 
but it but it was all kind of similar but at the same there, time, like i said there, the there was many moments monotonous. i would say there were some monotonous moments that i did not like as much but there was plenty of moments that i liked I, i'm not trying to like you know not say that i didn't enjoy some of it or understand what you guys are saying about some of it but there's moments. It could be it could be an opportunity for you to kind of get into the uh aesthetic of banality though like the it's where things don't necessarily need to be too let's get you some french existential philosophy to read exactly if you're listening to it yeah maybe <laughs> every day yeah. kind of flat there, there's actually a lot to kind of be absorbed not not all the time and i'm not really in that headspace right now but 20 years ago i was all about that i just like i could look at a canvas with one color on it for an hour and just think you know I don't know if I mean, I, I know exactly what you're saying, Ryan, because there are there's other bands and music that I feel the exact same way as you're describing about this. So it's I, I could I, I could relate for sure. And I don't I you're probably in the majority if you looked at this from a global level, like mo it's probably a lot of folks would have the same. Reaction. I think it was just, it was really easy to see all those textures and places that things go when we were talking about Mesa or we we're like we didn't do an episode on them but we've talked about like the Odalith and it's easy yeah. to see where that music takes you places whether there's lyrics or vocals or not it doesn't matter whether they're 15 minute fucking songs it doesn't matter that's easy to see that those that music takes you someplace and it's about like losing yourself in this like sonic thing but there was plenty of moments in this album in particular that I was like, it's not taking me anywhere. I don't know. <laughs> did you, did you go dive down into any of their other albums? No, but that's a good se segue because. <laughs> you mean you didn't rush off and listen to every single album after this? No, no. <laughs> but I, I did read plenty and we kind of talked about it in our, our group chat about ISIS in general, about uh, the album before this was, was uh, Oceanic. And the album after this, which was In the Absence of Truth. So for the, the ISIS fans here, can you describe a little bit about those albums and how it relates to Panopticon and pros, cons, differences, different feelings, anything? Oceanic's probably heavier. Um, okay. I, I, I think you're going to struggle with all of them if you didn't like Panopticon. Mm -hmm. Those... Uh, yeah, I mean, th this is maybe their most approachable album. Yeah, yeah on that topic, um, from the interview I see with Aaron, he, he said that like they're interested in challenging themselves and moving forward without repeating themselves. And he said, I don't think we'll repeat ourselves or hope that we never do, because that would be a failure in a way to write the same album twice or three times over. Hmm. They wanted to be more like um, more melodic and more textured on this album compared to the previous ones. Yeah, they're heavier. It sounded like this and Oceanic got pretty good reviews, critics, fans alike, you know, at least understood, you know, what was happening and appreciated it. It sounded like In the Absence of Truth didn't quite have the same reception to it, although I'm sure ISIS fans, you know, still loved it for different reasons. But it sounded like the general population felt a little differently about uh, Absence of Truth it, it, for the... For the fans here, but how do you feel about that? Personally, it's just not as good as Oceanic or Panopticon. Oh, okay. It yeah, that I, I really I, I was looking through the track list on in the absence of truth and I remember listening to that one. I might have listened to that one more than any of their albums back in the day. But I think they're all like I think they're all like it's very similar to me like it's you know it's kind of them and i wouldn't say from album to album they changed it up that much really they got heavier this one this one was probably more accessible and then wavering radiant which came out a couple of years later was also like i i liked all four of those albums because that was like what i was into at that time so did you maybe just need a hug? Probably. <laughs> Are you talking to Ryan? He was nice and all heavy and sad at this time. It's like, oh, get over here. Yeah. 
All right. Any final thoughts on Panopticon? I mean, I, I can understand not liking it, but I also really do love this album. Like, uh, this is, in terms of the albums that we've done, even like the classic ones, this one's been the one that's been around first or second longest in my life. So I just, I just kind of associate a lot of things with this album, you know. Uh, not to say that everyone needs to like it or, or love it or anything like that. Like, I can totally understand being like, this is fucking boring. Uh, but right. I don't know. It's it's great for, for contemplating. What's, what's interesting is always, like, if, if I sit and just listen to some of these albums just on my own, and I just, I don't have any other influence. I, I didn't read reviews. I didn't read uh, anything. I, I didn't talk to you guys about it. I didn't share it with my friends. I just listened to it on my own. And come to my own feelings and conclusions on it i can come into this and we talk about it and i can have a different appreciation a lot of times after these episodes i can still go back and and listen to the album one more time and hear it a lot differently so it is nice to like get other perspectives on why it's good or why you liked it or how to listen to it or, or what's in there that i missed and get a different appreciation for it and i think this is one of those albums where like listening to it on my own you know, while I was doing other things and maybe not paying attention, gave me a certain feeling for it. But there's certainly things that I missed, and there are certainly more things to appreciate about it. What are you guys' thoughts on on the genre as a whole, post metal? It it hasn't gone away. Like there's there's bands today that are kind of like you could hear the ISIS influence, and I. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I, I know going through the archives, there's a bunch of post-metal bands that it, it, they're still making good post-metal today. I, I played like with one or two when, in Ohio one time, um, and it was really cool. I mean, post-metal has never gone away. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, it just kind of sits next to doom a lot of the time. Yeah, or slug. Oh yeah, I'll put a plug in for our buddies in old ceremonies. Uh, they do kind of a neurosis esque uh, post metal sound thing. That's got some post rock elements in it too, but it's very heavy and intense. And if you're into that sound, old ceremonies, good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I actually see where that relates to ISIS because then they have a lot of those samples that go super quiet yeah. and very like mm -hmm. low. And it's yeah. intense. It's like it's painful, like almost like you can feel the emotions of, of the band. Yeah. I love post metal. I play in one, I play in a band that's post metal. So it's not as like as accessible for a lot of people to, to get into, especially with one mind that doesn't have any harder for most people. But I just love it. Like it's a lot of, it's very emotional music, lots of different layers. And I know it's cliche, but it takes you on a journey type music, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything else? Well, it's nice. Everybody should try. <laughs> Give ISIS a shot. That's, that's you got it. Right Give it a try. And we're going to cut that, and that's going to be the next teaser. Is Give ISIS a shot yeah. from, from the Fuzz Club. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Blake. You want to lead us off and tell us what you're up to? Yeah, uh, doing a lot of uh, things coming up with uh, some giveaways for the uh, Split with Ox. Um, so excited to start doing that. And then I'll have more news about uh, the second album probably in uh, late July, I think, is when we're going to start talking a little more about it. Cool. Maddie? Um the Lords of the Opium Church just got back together for, for doing some writing and jamming and stuff, so we're going to be pumping away at that again. And the analyst has a gig coming up uh, July 22nd at Black Bar. Great. Bat. Things over at Monster Riff are still pretty quiet, but we have a new episode of the podcast coming out with uh, Blake and Chris and Randy, and I think it was a great time, so I'm excited for that to come out. Cool. Locks. Uh, we got our split coming up with Blake uh, August 25th. Uh, Pre-orders are available right now. 
in all sorts of cool colors. So check that out. Got some, uh, well, we're getting married in a couple, well, less than a week, less than two weeks, sorry. Uh, and then when we get back from there, the band will be back on track. Oh my God. We're opening up for Crowbot. Uh, we have some shows with Cult Witches. Uh, got lots, lots of stuff on the horizon. We're, we're looking at maybe going back to Quebec in September. Um, and then we'll be set to start recording the second album this fall. Um, but between the second album, which will come out next year sometime, and the split, we have a four-song EP that will be coming out as well. So, and I'm sorry, ISIS fans, it doesn't sound like ISIS at all. I don't. Well, not really a whole lot. I had just contributing to the Doom charts. We got, I think, tomorrow. So by the time you hear this, it'll already be out. But the the May Doom Charts countdown show with on the Doomed and Stone show will come out tomorrow, I believe. And then, you know, just doing the normal stuff, trying to go out and see shows, going to a couple big arena shows this weekend, which is not my normal take. But what are you going to see? Going to see Chris Stapleton and George Strait. Wow, great. Which is nice. like a massive okay. show. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm a big country guy. I love, I love yeah. And then, and then we're going the following week to a big festival downtown. Uh, it's like called Dusty Boots Festival. Another like country oh, yeah. kind of uh, Coulter Walls headlining it. Nice. So taking all the, the wife and kids and friends are all like eight of us are going. So Very that'll cool. be fun. All right, everybody, go join ISIS or uh... <laughs> don't join ISIS. You're going to be on a list now, Ryan. This, this might get old. <laughs> you went there. All right. See ya. Bye. See you guys.